Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Packs it for three. Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself. Oh my MVP gosh, it's time. Over. Windy City Assassin does it again. This week's just getting started, but it's another busy one for the Chicago Bulls coming off a big win at Indiana and some scheduling news to get to as well. There is a ton to discuss on this week's episode of Believe in Bulls on the Believe Podcast Network. Hi everybody, I'm Nick Schultz. It's great to be back with you. As we record this on Tuesday afternoon, we do have a scheduling update due to contact tracing with the Charlotte Hornets. The Bulls game at Charlotte, which is scheduled for Wednesday, February 17th, the day this drops, is postponed to a later date. However, news came out from Sham Sharania and Darnell Mayberry at The Athletic that the Bulls are planning to play the Detroit Pistons at the United Center Wednesday night. The Bulls announced that game will start at 7 p.m. Obviously, we drop our podcast on Wednesday as well. But let's talk about the Indiana win Monday night. What a game in overtime at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Final score, Bulls 120, Pacers 112. And another big game from Zach Levine. Just get this guy in the All-Star game already. We've been preaching it all year. He should have been in the game last year, and instead he was snubbed. Now he's got something to prove, and I feel like he proved it again Monday night, putting up 30 points and grabbing 9 rebounds, including a huge shot over DeMontis Sabonis to send the game to overtime. And what does Stacey King say about shots like that? Big-time players make big-time plays! He did make a big-time play against Indiana, and as I said, 30 points and 9 rebounds. Another important note from this Pacers game, DeMontis Sabonis had a bad game shooting. Indiana did as a whole, and even down the stretch, both teams really struggled from the floor. Sabonis, 7 of 19 shooting, 25 points, 10 rebounds, so he still did pretty well points-wise. I want to say he stayed under his total if you're into prop betting. But 7 of 19 shooting, he missed a lot of wide-open layups, a lot of point-blank shots. They banked off the glass. Malcolm Brogdon as well, 10 of 25, 1 for 7 
from three-point land. Justin Holiday, five for 14, four of 12 from downtown. It was just not a good night shooting for the Indiana Pacers. And I saw a tweet that said the Bulls' best defense against Sabonis is, well, Sabonis, because he missed a lot of point-blank layups and easy layups. Some of that defense was helped by the return of Wendell Carter Jr. We talked the last couple weeks about how his injury would impact things on the court. And we saw that on display Monday night. He had some big plays on defense. He only played 21 minutes in his first game back from a deep quad bruise. Totaling 11 points and 9 rebounds in those 21 minutes. He did look a little out of sorts on offense, but that's to be expected when you've missed 11 games with an injury like that. It's good to see Wendell back. That was huge down the stretch. Another low-key standout performance in this game came from Patrick Williams. I am just over the moon in love with this kid. He only shot 2 of 10 from the floor. He had 7 points, but he grabbed 9 rebounds. He found ways to contribute outside of scoring. That was huge. He also looked more aggressive as the game went along. He was very strong to the rim a couple times, making some really good moves. Even though, like I said, the shooting numbers weren't there. I thought it was a good game from Patrick Williams. I think he's gonna. I think he's developing really well, and I'm really excited to see what he does going forward in his development. Let's get back to Zach Levine because we do need to get this man into the All Star game. I keep saying it over and over, and I'm gonna keep saying it again. He's an All Star. He should have been last year, and he wasn't. And the game was in Chicago, which we are just passing a year since that game. As crazy as it is. You know, with everything that's happened in the last year, it has been 365 days since the United Center hosted the All-Star Game without Zach Levine. In the last voting update from the NBA on February 11th, Zach checked in at 5th in the Eastern Conference in terms of guards, 936,000 votes uh, behind Jalen Brown, who was over a million. So Zach still needs a few more, but I think he's making a very strong case. He did get snubbed. Eastern Conference Player of the Week this week, and that was just because the Bulls struggled like they did. And I want to say it was Casey Johnson that brought this up. The team impacts the individual awards, and the Bulls struggled this week, even though Zach put up some big numbers, including, by the way, a 46-point performance against New Orleans. That game was absolutely insane. That was a historic game for the Bulls. Zach put up 46 points, nine threes. Kobe White added eight threes. He had a huge game in that one. They did something that not even the Splash Brothers have done. They Both players scored eight or more three-pointers in a game. And as I said, Zach had 46. Kobe, by the way, finished with 30. 10 of 20, 8 of 17. So even despite a 46-point outburst in a historic game, Zach Levine did not get Eastern Conference Player of the Week because the Bulls did not play very well as a team, and wins and losses impacted, and that's why Sadiq Bey of the Detroit Pistons got the award. Zach put up 35, 46, and 26 points in three games. Bey put up 15, 10, and 30. Granted, he had a really high shooting percentage, 100%, 50%, 83%, where Zach went 46, 68, 52 But either way, my point is Zach got snubbed again, and I'm talking again, I'm talking about last year's All-Star game when he got snubbed. Hopefully this year he gets the respect that he deserves, and it's starting to look more and more like he's earned it. You're hearing his name a lot more. Granted, you do hear the trade conversations and whatnot, but I really think he needs to be in the All-Star game, and I think 
He's got a really good shot this year since the Bulls are playing better. They're currently 11 and 15 overall. Last year, they were not 11 and 15. I can tell you that much. That record did not happen. Let's talk more about Wendell Carter. Obviously, he plays a huge role on the defensive end, but on the offensive end in his first game back, he looked a little out of sorts against Indiana on Monday. I read you that he scored 11 points, got nine rebounds, but he also committed five fouls and was close to fouling out. But that's just something that's Wendell's always had foul trouble. He'd get into foul trouble, not as much as Daniel Gafford did when Gafford filled in for Wendell in the starting lineup, but Wendell sometimes gets into foul trouble, especially when he has a long layoff like this after an injury. I'm not too worried about it. That's why I think the fact that the Bulls stayed in Indiana Monday night because of the weather. It's been snowing like crazy here in the Midwest. I know where I live in Dwight, Illinois, we have an estimated eight inches, but it looks like a lot more because it's been blowing all over the place. And the schools were closed all over. The Bulls couldn't get out of Indiana last night because of the weather. And when the Charlotte game got postponed Tuesday, they decided, okay, we're going to head back to Chicago. And obviously, as you heard at the start of the show, they're planning to play Detroit Wednesday night. But going back to Chicago gives them a little bit of extra practice time if they can get it in. And that'll help Wendell. Coming back from this injury, I mean, missing 11 games, that's a long time, especially when the season's shortened by 10 games. I'm glad they got him back when he, when they did. Uh, notable absence from that Indiana game, Gafford did not play. Luke Cornett was actually the first off the bench, which I don't want to see Luke Cornett out there ever again, as much as, you know, little Robert Horry and how he reminded Jim Boylan of Robert Horry. That's all great. It's fun to joke about. I don't want to see Cornett out there. Uh, Cristiano Felicio also did not play against the Pacers, so that shows you how important it is to have Wendell back because Felicio got some rotational minutes. Gafford obviously jumped into the starting lineup for him. Cornett got some rotational minutes. Now, having Wendell back, and he wasn't on a minutes restriction per Billy Donovan, but he also didn't play as many minutes as he has, just because, again, he hasn't played a game in two weeks. But there's patience on that. The big thing is, the Bulls won the game. 120-112 in overtime against a good Pacers team. I mean, that's a good team this year. The Pacers are now 14-14 overall. Let's look at the Eastern Conference standings here. As of Tuesday afternoon, the Pacers are fourth in the Eastern Conference at 14 and 14. The Bulls are ninth at 11 and 15. They are half a game back of Toronto for that eight seed in the Eastern Conference. And I I, I feel like I sound like a broken record, but I'm going to keep saying it over and over. This team is a playoff team with this coach, with this roster. I really and truly think they are a playoff team. And especially now, having their big guy back, I mean, losing Wendell Carter hurt the defense significantly. I mean, say what you want about him on the offensive end. On defense, he anchors that defense. He is a big part of that. And you heard about that in the postgame press conference when he was asked about defending DeMontis Sabonis and the job he did. The question was asked by my buddy in front of the show, Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago. Let's hear that right now. He's someone that's uh, hurt you guys in the past. Kind of what, what were you doing? It seemed like you, you fared pretty well on him. Just what was maybe the game plan or what you were doing specifically that, that helped you slow, slow him down? Uh, simply just hit him first. You know, um, you know he, he loves to get into your body. He's not the, the highest jumper on the court, so he likes to get into your body so he can get his angles. You just got to hit him first. And when you hit him first, you know, you can kind of control what you want him to do. That audio courtesy of the Chicago Bulls on Twitter and their postgame Periscope 
the defensive mentality from Wendell Carter is a huge boost for this team because Daniel Gafford on defense, in the post, he is the biggest liability on the team. Having him out there instead of Wendell in the starting lineup, that hurt from the get-go. As much as I want to like Daniel Gafford, I know he's trying to get better. He's all about getting better. You saw him, I mentioned this last week, when he had a bad play, he sat down on the bench, his hands behind his head, slumped over like he was angry about what happened. I mean, that's great to see. But the tail of the tape is he's a liability on the defensive end. So having Wendell back, he's a better defender than he gets credit for. And you saw that against Sabonis Monday night. I know I said that Sabonis missed a lot of point-blank layups. I, I still stand by that. But also, Wendell didn't exactly leave him wide open. I mean, he was defending every single one of them. And yes, yeah, Sabonis put up 25 points, but Wendell only played 21 minutes. So do the math. I don't have the stat in front of me. I don't even know how to track that stat to see how Sabonis did in his matchup against Wendell Carter. But either way, having him back defensively was a huge boost and a big reason why they won that game. Sabonis scored 25 points. Yeah, he could have easily had 10 more. And at that point, the Pacers would have ran away with that game. But instead, strong defense forcing those missed layups. The Bulls came out on top in overtime. And it was a great win. Another big bright spot for the Bulls, Thaddeus Young. I didn't think I'd be saying that this year in the interest of full disclosure. I mean, last year he had kind of a so-so year under Jim Boylan. And he was not real happy with how things were going. Not that anyone was really happy with how things were going under Jim Boylan. But Thaddeus Young has taken such a leap forward this year. And Monday night against Indiana, his stat line, 13 points, 11 rebounds, and 30 minutes off the bench. And he's been such a great veteran presence on and off the court. Between Thaddeus Young and Garrett Temple, I think the veteran leadership on this Bulls team is amazing. And Zach Levine, who, as I keep saying, should be an all-star. Without Zach Levine, the Bulls are not the team that we saw Monday night. They are not a middle-of-the-pack Eastern Conference team. They would be a bad team without Zach Levine. He had this to say about Thaddeus Young's impact on this Bulls team, and I'm quoting from Casey Johnson at NBCSportsChicago.com. That has been, for me personally, the MVP of the team. He does a little bit of everything. He can damn near average a triple-double. He makes up for our mistakes defensively, guards some of the best big men every night. Even if he's undersized, he knows how to play tricks with them. He's been great for us. He showed that again with crucial plays, getting charges and rebounds, being physical. He's the type of guy you love to have on your team. That says a lot from probably the guy who's carried the Bulls this season and put them on his back, especially in late-game situations like the one against Indiana Monday night. Thaddeus Young, yeah, you could make a strong case that he's the MVP of this team. Because let's look at his stats on basketball reference here. 11.3 points per game this season off the bench, 5.6 rebounds per game, 4.3 assists, by far a career high, and he's averaging 25.8 minutes per game. Yeah, I can get behind that. Thaddeus Young is team MVP outside of Zach. But now we get to the question, and there was a report from Joe Cowley in the Chicago Sun-Times, I want to say it was last week or the week before that we talked about this. Do you trade Thaddeus Young? There's rumor that there's trade interest there. If you're Arturis Karnaschobis and Mark Eversley, do you trade Thaddeus Young? I'm going to answer this real quick. Hell no. Absolutely not. Thaddeus Young is untouchable. Between his veteran presence in the locker room and on the court, 
what he's doing on the court. You heard the numbers. He's having a really great year statistically as well. You heard what Zach Levine thinks of him. You've heard what Patrick Williams thinks of him. The fact that this guy is such a good leader and he's putting together such a good year on the court, he is not to be touched by the trade deadline. And I know there's talk, oh, maybe you can get a good trade package back. Maybe, but you've got something here. You heard me say, ninth place in the Eastern Conference. They are a half game back of the eighth seed for the playoffs. And I know people like Joe Cowley say, if you make the playoffs, you're going to be stuck in mediocrity like you were under Gar Pax. I disagree with that. I understand the tanking mentality. I know the Bulls went through the tank and they didn't execute it well. That was under an old front office, an old regime. I think with the roster that's put in place, with Billy Donovan as the coach, the Bulls are now a more attractive free agent destination. That said, I also get the side about the upcoming draft and who could be the point guard of the future in this upcoming draft. And I know Kate Cunningham's name is out there from Oklahoma State. There are some talented pieces in this draft. It's a double-edged sword, but right now, the Bulls have draft capital. They have the draft capital, and they have some pieces in place. They don't have anywhere close to all the pieces in place, but they have some to be in win-now mode. You have the head coach that has the respect of players across the league in Billy Donovan. You have a front office that is almost universally liked by the league. They're a free agent destination. They've got the draft capital to make some deals. Would it be the best for long-term to go through free agency instead of the draft? Maybe not, but it depends on who you get. Could Chicago turn into a destination for those superstars? And obviously they're locked up, but I'm talking about the types of Giannis Antetokounmpo and Anthony Davis, those players who have just locked up big deals with their teams. I'm talking those types of players down the road. Maybe Luka Doncic, if he ever wants out of Dallas, because that situation hasn't exactly been great. Maybe a Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards. You heard me bring up Kyle Lowry last week from the Toronto Raptors. If they want out and they demand a trade, could the Bulls be a destination? Would they want to come to Chicago? I think with some of the pieces here, I'm not talking obviously about your Felicios and your Cornets and your Archie Diaconos and your Gaffords. I'm talking your Levines and Kobe Whites and especially Patrick Williams and your Wendell Carters, maybe your Lowry Markinens. I think the pieces are there for short-term success at least, and then you can build off of that because you have a player development staff now. I brought this up when I was on Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos last week, which was a great conversation. Please check it out. That was a lot of fun with Joey. The Bulls player development staff was one guy. One. Now they have a whole staff dedicated to player development. I think if John Paxson and Gar Foreman were still in charge and the Bulls were doing what they're doing now, ninth place in the East, making a run at a potential playoff spot with this roster, I'd be saying, no, you need to tank. With the front office that's there, Karnaschovas and Eversley in particular, and with a guy like Billy Donovan as head coach, and his staff is really good too, I think you could start looking at, okay, this is a playoff caliber team. Let's improve it from there. And maybe make some trades on draft night. Maybe trade around. Maybe do it that way instead of tanking. Because I don't think the Bulls need to tank anymore. You don't hire a guy like Billy Donovan if you're going to tank. If you want to do that, 
you would have gone out and hired Wes Unsell Jr., who was my pick from the start. Before, obviously, Billy Donovan became available and Arturis Karnaschovas drove down or flew down to his house and basically told him, I want you and only you to be our head coach. That's why the Bulls need to compete now because they have the stability there. Now they can get that stability on the court. And trading Thaddeus Young does not bode well toward that success and any potential playoff pushes. They're still a young team. I am as old or older than at least three of the guys in the starting lineup. Patrick Williams, who is going to be one of your core pieces going forward, I really love what I'm seeing from that kid, is 19 years old. He is quite literally a kid, and that's coming from a kid, because I'm 22. Trading Thaddeus Young would be absolutely stupid, and I don't feel out of line saying that. I don't usually say that, but that is just absolutely asinine to think about trading Thaddeus Young right now with where this team is at, with what he's doing, when your team MVP is calling him the MVP, do not, and absolutely under any circumstances, trade Thaddeus Young. Now that I'm off that soapbox, I do have a couple minutes left. I want to dive into the betting aspect of the Bulls this season because they have been profitable against the spread this year, including Monday night against Indiana. Bulls were five-and-a-half point dogs against the Pacers, and won by eight. That is their 13th time covering the spread. They are 13-6 and six as underdogs against the spread, 15-11 and 11 overall against the spread. So if the Bulls are an underdog, they're turning into a pretty attractive pick, and I don't know if it's they're playing up to their opponents, if it's Zach Levine being Zach Levine. Obviously, one of those losses was that really bad loss to the Washington Wizards, I mean, that was, just, that was a bad loss all around. You can't lose to a bad Wizards team like that. But either way, something to keep in mind going forward, and I'm not going to endorse any specific sports book, but I do know, depending on where you look, there are different ways to play the Bulls. And 15-11 and 11 against the spread is pretty good. They're no Utah, who, what, what's Utah now? 21-7 and seven against the spread, or some obscene number like that. But either way, the Bulls are profitable against the spread. And I don't know what they're going to be against the Pistons because I'm recording this Tuesday afternoon. In fact, I'm recording this shortly after news came out about when that Pistons game will start. So I don't have the betting lines yet. But definitely keep an eye on that if you're into sports gambling. Because 13-6 and as underdogs, that's a pretty good number. Let's look at the upcoming schedule. Obviously, Wednesday night, the night this podcast drops, this will drop Wednesday at noon. Game against Detroit replaces the game at Charlotte. Game time at 7 p.m. at the United Center. The game against Charlotte was postponed due to contact tracing with the Hornets. So the Pistons game from later in the year got moved to tonight, Wednesday, at 7 p.m. at the United Center. Then this weekend, the Bulls will head to Philadelphia on Friday night at 6.30 p.m. to take on Joel Embiid and the 76ers. That's a good 76ers team. Not sure how that game's going to go. Saturday night, they return home to take on the Sacramento Kings. The Bulls almost beat the Kings out west earlier in the year before Tyrese Halliburton did Tyrese Halliburton things and basically made made Bulls fans kind of sort of wish they'd have picked him in the draft. I still am good with Patrick Williams. So that's going to be kind of a, not really a revenge game, but game two of that. 
And then Monday, the Bulls head to Houston at 7 p.m. to take on the Houston Rockets, Victor Oladipo and the Houston Rockets. And then next Wednesday, the 24th, the Bulls play the Minnesota Timberwolves at 7 p.m. at the United Center. New episode of Believe in Bulls coming that night. Obviously, in this COVID world we live in, all of these games are tentative, as you saw with the Hornets game that got postponed Tuesday morning and the Pistons game that came up Tuesday afternoon. Everything is fluid in this COVID pandemic world that we are living in. So these games are tentative, but that's what you can think about looking forward to in the next week. That is going to do it for this week's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Podcast Network. Everybody, please stay safe. Please stay healthy. Please keep wearing your mask. We're going to get through this thing. Looking forward to talking with you more on Sunday on my weekly live radio show on WLUW Radio before another episode of Believe in Bulls drops next week. I hope to talk to you then. Have a great week, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.